there are many things I still don't understand. There's one thing I know for sure. Let me tell you now, my friend. I know the truth. How Jesus died to save a world. And once again, welcome everybody to Thy Word is True Podcast Ministries. I am Brother Scott, and with me, my brother from south of the border, Brother Joel Moreno. How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Brother Scott? Uh, fantastic, fantastic. We were just talking a moment ago about the new norm and everything. And uh, what was it you were just telling me here? Well, I heard someone... Uh, they posted like a little meme on Facebook, of course. Forgive me for using Facebook. But <laughs> they posted a little meme saying the only chip, or you know how they're talking about the microchip. And right. They said the only chip that's going in my body is a chip with queso. <laughs> chip with queso. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We have, we have a good time here. Yes, hey, guess what? This is our fifth episode. Fifth episode. Our fifth episode. You know what five means in the Bible? What's that? Grace. Yeah. And we've been and talking, talking about, about grace. grace. Amen. Yes, I, I thought that was kind of interesting when I was thinking about uh, uh, our recording for today. But yeah, this is our fifth episode, and uh, we're so thankful for those that have um, uh, listened to our podcast, those that have subscribed to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank y'all so much for doing that. I was looking at the numbers today, brother, and there's like uh, 33 Amen. views and listens Amen. on that. That's awesome. Hopefully it's a blessing. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little more volume there, brother. Already? Already. <clears throat> okay, so anyhow, uh, we're excited about that here. And again, we're excited about today's podcast as well. Podcast as well. Uh, now, i got to ask, you know, I know it's Thursday, and, uh, you know, Mother's Day was on Sunday. We were talking <laughs> about this last week and how you had like a triple threat going on uh, over there. So how did you handle Mother's Day? Well, Mother's Day was kind of tough being Sunday, and, and, you know, usually as a church, we do something for the mothers. We do uh, where the guys cook, and mm-hmm. everyone has to bring a dish, and someone worries about the drinks and the ice, and I was kind of like the ice and drinks kind of guy, you know? I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to show my cooking skills. Right, right. Um, so it was kind of hard, but like I told you, my mom's uh, birthday was a couple of days after Mother's Day, mm-hmm. so we kind of played it off on Mother's Day, but for her birthday... We kind of joined the both together, I guess. And uh, she had a couple errands to run that morning with my dad. So when she got home, she was in for a little surprise uh, family birthday, I guess you could say. Okay. And what we did, uh, well, my wife, she made a banner saying happy birthday, a big banner. And uh, we hung it up in the dining area. And then Ava had a flower and a little balloon holding it when she got home. Oh, that's awesome. And then we had all of my brother Gabriel's kids and my sister-in-law. They were all on FaceTime waiting for her until she got home. So when she walked in, we started singing happy birthday to her. And we congratulated her for Mother's Day and happy birthday. And uh, she wasn't expecting it. And then we had some rooster's chicken. And we brought Hello. some some food, you know, to the house just for yeah, her birthday and stuff. Yeah. We made her a cake and candles. And it was a good time. She was not expecting it. She was crying. So I guess we, we got the the number 10 on that. <laughs> the number 10. Amen. Amen. What do you do for the missus? Well, we honestly, we didn't do much. Yeah. Uh, I was actually kind of shocked by it, really. But uh, uh, I, I had to go to the, I had to go to Lowe's. Um, uh, on, was it Monday? I think it was, and um, and so it was kind of a late Mother's Day gift that I that I gave her. So I found these these. She's a she loves Florida Lee. Anything that's Florida Lee decor, picture frames, anything got Florida Lee on it, she wants it. 
Um, so anyway, I, I'm I love uh, Facebook Marketplace. You know, we're talking about forgive us for using Facebook, but uh, <laughs> hey, we we we, broad, we broadcast on Facebook. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm on Facebook Marketplace and I found these these awesome Florida wall decors. And, uh, I mean, they're beautiful looking. I mean, if I'd have bought them in the store, they'd probably cost 50 or $60. Yeah. They wanted 18 bucks for these things. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, do you still have them? And they said, yeah, we sure do. So we worked it out, and we did a, a porch pickup on those and everything. So I told her I had to go to Lowe's, which I did have to go to Lowe's. I didn't lie to her about <laughs> that. Uh, but the trip shouldn't take as long as it did. So yeah. I made a detour. I picked those up. And so I went to Lowe's and picked up the things I needed to do there and got home. And, uh you know, she tried to, to harass me a little bit about, you know, how long it took and everything. I said, I guess you don't want this gift I got in my arms. I'm walking right in the kitchen. And so she came in there, and I showed her what it was, and she about, about had a fit. Uh, we had to get them up the same day. So we oh, found, a, found a spot for them, and we wound up getting them up there on the walls in the kitchen. So uh, she was very happy. Yeah, and uh, That's we, all that we, matters. We sent a message out to uh, her mom, my mother-in-law, out in Taylorsville, uh, Happy Mother's Day, and she enjoyed that. And uh, pray for my mother-in-law. She's uh, she's got a doctor's appointment coming up uh, here soon. Um, she's not been a hundred percent, and uh, okay. so just pray for her. Her name's yes, Margaret sir. May, and uh, I know she'll greatly appreciate that uh, as well. So, but it sounds like uh, your mom had a good time. We we had a meeting Tuesday with your <laughs> your your dad, who's the pastor of your church, and of course your mom and everything. And so we were wishing her happy birthday. And she was sharing with us about a uh, for Mother's Day. She shared with us about what you remembered. <laughs> uh, way back when you was a little boy and, uh, how, you know, you had to go to the doctor and, uh, you had this, you, you had this terrible pain in your back. And, um, so your dad was at work and she had no transportation, but I guess a neighbor took y'all to the doctors and she says, when you get done, call me and I'll come pick you up. I was like, like three miles away or something like that from your old house. So anyway, she kept on going and talking about it and everything. She says, well, you know, she tried to call this lady back to pick them back up, pick y'all back up, and she wouldn't answer her phone. So she decided to walk, you know, get all, walk back home. And she said that she was just she was crying in pain and everything. She felt so bad about it. She wanted to carry you, but, she, you know, she couldn't carry you and everything. But she stood right there beside you, step by step, three-something-plus three miles back to the house. And she shared that with us about a memory that you remembered of her, about how strong that your mother was. And I brought a tear to my eye, brother, I have to yeah. tell you. Well, <clears throat> I was unexpected, unexpectedly, I was, uh, we were invited as a youth activity over the Zoom app mm-hmm. to uh, to do, uh, it was a youth activity. And the pastor the same day, a few hours early, of course, in the day, he said, can you give a devotional? And I said, oh, my word. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, yes, sir, I can. I said, I mean, the Bible says always be ready. So I, I started uh, getting a devotional, and Mother's Day was, obviously that that next sunday the very next day so i said well let's give a devotional to the youth you know appreciate the mothers and stuff and i showed about uh moses how his his mother uh had to give him away in order that he can live whenever the king had gave the ordinance to kill all the babies told the uh, the hebrew babies yeah and uh i said man what a pain she must have been or went through to raise a son that was not going to be able to be hers, to raise her for another another lady, I said. Uh, but she did it because she wanted him to live. If it would have been a selfish mother, she would have said, well, kill him, you know. It's not going to be my son. It's not gonna, he's not going to live with me, so, you know, just right. take his life. Right. But uh, I started sharing on, on that story, and I said, you know, I remember, I said, you'll never understand the, the love of a mother, and I'm a father, and I will never understand the love of a mother. No. 
I said, but they have a strong love for us. And, and I remember that, that story that she shared with you guys. I was learning how to ride a scooter. It was the time where the scooters came out. That's exactly right, yeah, and, the, the uh, little push scooters. I, I felt we were, I was going downhill. I had got enough enough uh, wind to go pretty <laughs> fast, and I was going downhill, and I landed on my waistline, but the, the bars hit my waistline. And uh, I was in pain. I was crying. And, and, I mean, it was a story she told. It was about 2 or 3 in the morning when we got out of the hospital. And right. we had to walk home. And she started crying. And I said, why are you crying? I'm the one in pain. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember. I mean, I'll never forget that memory. And, and there's many more. But that's just one that comes that, that I, I'm always grateful for. Yeah. The love she had. I mean, uh, to struggle there by my side and, and walk at that time of hour, you know, just to make sure that I was okay. So, yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, we, 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 I think a lot of times we growing up as a teenager, we try to forget or not. We don't try to forget, but we forget the love that they have for us. You know, they kind of become like a bother to us, you know, Mm -hmm. they call to check up on us and our reaction is what do you want? Or, you know, yeah. We're like, Uh, we look at the number and like, I really want to answer this, but it is my mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I was telling the teenagers, I said, you know, uh, right now we should take advantage of them because they're really a blessing from God. One day they're not going to be there, and and the day they're not there is when we're going to wish we did. So we should take advantage right now that we do have them there. And that's that's one thing that that God really blesses with is with the love of a mother, as you said. And, you know, every Mother's Day it's still hard for me. You know, my mom's been home to be with the Lord now. It's going on... um, It'll be 17 years in August that she went home mm-hmm. be with the Lord, and uh, you know I do think about her every day as often as I can. Her birthdays is in March, and she'd have been she'd have been 60 years old mm-hmm. uh, this year. And uh, but it, in the midst of all that, you know, we don't need to be take we don't need to take for granted um, our mothers that that we have, and that's a good devotion you share with those teens. I pray and I hope that what you said sunk and stuck with them because it. It, anything that hurts a mother more is to not have the love in return in which she gives to her own children. Of course. You know, of course. but, uh, you know, what changed my perspective of both my parents, honestly, is a trip I did in Mexico. And, and for the sake of privacy, I'm not going to say the name of the orphanage that I, that I visit, but I visit a couple, actually a couple orphanages, uh, when I went and I had the privilege with one orphan, uh, or with one orphanage, I had the privilege to sit down and talk to the kids. They only had five kids at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the oldest one, I believe, was 12 years old, and the youngest, I believe, he was around eight or nine years old. And I talked to the youngest one, and, and I asked him, uh, with the permission of the caretaker of the, of the place, I said, uh, do you mind if I interview him and ask him questions of his past life and, and how he is now? And they gave me permission, and the questions that I was asking, I said, well, how do you feel not having a parent, I said. And and if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to, to talk, discuss right. this. Well, he said, I do miss my dad. He said, I miss my mom a lot, and I love them. I said, okay, so how would they treat you at home? And he said, well, they would hit me, they would beat me. He said, they would starve me, and he said, it wasn't a good environment. And I said, okay, but if you could go back to them and have them in your life, would you? He said, yeah. He said, I love them. Oh, wow. And I said, okay. I said, so what would you tell anybody else? What would you tell any other person that has a mom and a dad? He said, I'll tell them to, to, to love them and to be good for them. And I said, this is coming from a kid that, that was beaten or, or mistreated. Right, yeah. I said, and the advice he's giving them is to still to be a good behavior and love them. I mean, 
<laughs> Come on. You you, know? you wouldn't imagine something like that. No, I mean, you wouldn't. It, going through life like that, uh, you hear stories all the time, and you see on the news, you yeah. know, all the time about you know abusive kids and or kids in abusive homes and things like that. And sometimes you know those children don't have the same uh, sympathy as this this child here does okay. that, that you're sharing with. And man, that's 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 amazing story right there. Yeah. To think about yeah. the love. They have for their their parents in return, in spite of what they do. You know that kind of goes with the Bible says, uh, "Children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." Now that's that that doesn't give parents free will to do anything they want to their children. Don't get me wrong, but the obedience he still had yeah. in the midst of that is yeah. is very strong. Yeah, uh, he he's he's gonna be somebody great one he, day. Lord willing, I I recorded it. I I had actually shared it uh, at our first youth camp we had a couple of years ago. I shared the, the video with our youth, and I said, you know, because it was redeeming the time because the mm-hmm. bad days are coming. I said, you know, if there's Maybe one thing if there's one thing we could take is we have to redeem the time that we have with them. We have to take advantage of that time because, I mean, once it's gone, it's gone. You know, no matter how much we wish we can have at least one more day with them, once God calls them home, it's, it's, it's done. That's it. No yeah, more absolutely. calls, no yeah. more nothing. I said, and, and that's what changed my perspective of the love that we should have to our parents, you know. I mean, we have them still, and we have the blessing that they love us, you know. There's a lot of kids that have them, but they don't have that same love. And I mm-hmm. said, and us that we have it as a Christian home, they, they learn the love of God, and they try to apply it in the family. I said, and we still take advantage of it. We, we mistreat them. We think they're too strict. We don't want to <laughs> do the things that they want to do. I said, I mean, we, we need yeah, to we wake up. We don't buy by rules or... Yeah. You know, yes, sir. Uh, that sounds ridiculous. I want to do it my way. Anyway, yeah. I'll tell you what, when you get a job and move out of this house and pay your own bills, <laughs> yeah, yes, I sir. told my boys that for the longest time. I said, <laughs> Hey, I want y'all to know y'all living by the 18 and out rule. And they said, What does that mean, Dad? I said, It means when you're 18 years old, you can get a job and get out. <laughs> but uh, uh, God's blessed us with a couple of great boys, too, as well. So we're yes, thankful sir. for that. So, uh, well, um, uh, one thing about my wife I wanted to share too is that you know with Mother's Day and everything she has been on this uh, you know exercise root kick for like the longest time and she's lost a lot of weight uh, eating a lot better and she's exercising she's uh, doing all sorts of stuff and so a- anyway I've been lazy I ain't gonna lie um, I I used to be all gung ho like that uh, so this week I started back on an app called C25K that stands for couch to 5K. Hmm. And it's an app basically to take a couch potato such as myself (laughs) and to train this person to be able to run a 5K race within nine weeks. Okay. Uh, Now I've done this app before when I was training. I used to run before. I used to run 5K uh, marathons. I used to do the Susan G. Coleman race, race for the cure out out the downtown almost every year. So anyway, I got back into this in the, in the first day. <laughs> She's on week three. I'm on week one. So <laughs> we start off, you know, it has a five-minute warm-up. So we start off together just fine. And then it gets into the first session. I, I, I jog a run for 90 seconds. Is it 90 seconds? No, 60 seconds. And then I walk for 90 seconds. And it does that back and forth 10 different times. I'm like, no problem. I can do this. I did it before. No problem. So anyway, so we get to the first section where we start running. And so I start jogging the best that I can as a 314-pound guy. And my wife just takes off. 
<laughs> right down the driveway. And I'm like, what is going, what did she eat this morning? I mean, it reminds me of like the, the $600 million man. You know, she just took off on me. And, oh, uh, but anyway, we got through it. It was, it was, tr- it was tragic, brother. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was, I was crying like a baby. <laughs> it hurt so bad. My legs were killing me the next morning. I could barely walk. And, uh, so anyway, I, I did it again. I did day two on Monday and, uh, it was a little better. And then I was supposed to do day three on yesterday. And I got so busy with, uh, some ministerial things. I didn't get my exercise easy excuse, right? <laughs> so I did it this morning and, um, she, she was doing a workout video. So I get out that outside the doors and I'm starting to, my five minute warm up, and it starts to pour down rain. I'm like, oh, what? Man. I'm not running outside in the rain. I know I'm a redneck, but I'm not a stupid redneck, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I go back in the house and I get the keys and I go into the gymnasium and I do it in there and everything. And I'm, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Uh, this is my last day of the first week. They do three days every week, and uh, so I, it seems it seems I ran a little bit better. But next week, I'll be running for a minute and a half and Oof. walking for just a minute, and so it's going to reverse on me. And yeah. uh, I may I'm mainly telling you that first and foremost that I might not be here next week. I might <laughs> okay. be dead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I tell you, it it is good to get back out and exercise again. And uh, uh, the eating right still ain't there yet, though. I still love Chick Fil A. I yeah. ain't gonna lie to you. So, well, I'll be cheering you on from my couch. <laughs> <laughs> Cheer me on from your couch. Yes, All right, you couch potato. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. All right, one more thing to talk about, and we'll get to today's uh, the topic here in the Word of God: church reopening plans. Uh, we have talked about this week. We are going to start. Uh, kind of like a soft opening. We're going to take baby steps. Uh, we have a lot of elderly in our congregation, and we're going to kind of walk out, watch out for their well-being. So we're going to start our drive-in services on May the 24th is what we're looking to do. And uh, I think you guys are going to do something similar to that. Is that right? I believe so, yes, sir. What I've heard of, yes, sir. Okay. So we're pretty excited about that. Yes, sir. And, um, and we're still make, you know working out things and plans inside the building here. Uh, to be able to have in-person services as well. But man, we're pretty excited about this. We've never done a driving service before. Uh, we've got some equipment that just came in today. I've got a, an FM transmitter that we're going to be able to broadcast to our members' uh, car stereos. That's going to be deal. different. Good deal. But, uh, yeah, we're excited about the church opening and uh, and getting people back together in a sense. You know. Of course. Yes, sir. I'm excited uh, to see the spirit, the spirit that's going to take place uh, when everybody – gets together and uh there was a brother that that preached yesterday in our church uh one of the members from our church he preached yesterday and he was saying you know i, I got to think another day you know when's the last time i seen brother so-and-so or you know and that he's feeling it i said so yeah, i wonder what yeah. kind of spirit is going to bring if everybody has that same mentality you know what kind of spirit is going to be in the church and you know, what kind of presence uh, are we going to have, you know? It's probably going to be different, a, a sweet spirit, you know, instead of, yes. uh, oh, we get to do this again, or, <laughs> you know? Maybe it awoke some people up. And that's, Maybe and that's what everybody, we're hoping for, too. Yeah. some, you know? Well, it's definitely not going to be the same old, same old. And of I hate course. saying it that way because church should never be same old, same old. Of course. And it's an opportunity to worship the living God. And, uh, but... You know, Pastor and I have already agreed that, you know, our services will not be conducted the same way ever again. Yeah. Uh, just because we feel that the way we've been doing it now, using the live stream platform, 
Uh, first off, time-wise, we've cut a lot of time out of unnecessary things, but the worship uh, is just, I believe it's just going to be so much more real to people. Yeah. Because uh, we're getting right down to it. I mean, we're, we're going to start off with worship music. We're going to, you know, get people involved. We're getting their hearts and minds set. And then we're going to get that preacher in the pulpit, you know, as soon as possible. Because this is as tender as the hearts are when you're worshiping with music like that. You get that message out there, man. And it's like the Holy Spirit is sending a lightning bolt to everyone's heart. And here is the message. And I just think it's going to be much more richer and a better experience, worship experience, I think going forward now in our yeah, churches of course I, I i agree and like i said i'm excited to see how it's going to play out but excited that it's going to reopen soon and and hopefully the people of god are ready amen hopefully i hope so ready. too get yes, ready because it's going to happen yes sir yes sir <laughs> okay so we've been talking about uh salvation that's been our our highlight topic uh since we started our pod our podcast and again this is our fifth episode and uh, we're looking at the origins and truths of salvation, and roughly we're looking at some characteristics, and the one we started with was grace. And uh, so we've been looking at the life of Paul. We've seen the role of grace, how it played in his life, how he got saved. We see the reaction to grace and how he immediately surrendered and started preaching um, God's word and the gospel. So today we're going to wound out the characteristic of grace, and we're going to be looking at the results of grace. Um now, I just want to mention just one thing, and Brother Joel, I'm really going to turn this over to you. Um, we talked last week about, in verse number 20 of Acts chapter 9, where it said, In straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Now, this was the decision, the reaction to grace. He immediately started preaching the right word. Um, you know, Paul, before he's Paul, was Saul, was breathed out threatenings against the church. He was persecuting him, was killing Christians. He was putting him in prison and, uh, you know, thinking he was doing the Lord's work because, you know, these people thought they were heresies and everything. But uh, so so we got to see them, his his travelings to Damascus and how God's glory showed up at, at that road to Damascus. And then uh, as he got saved, you know, the story goes on. He met Ananias there in Damascus. Ananias came and put his hands on him, his, received his sight after he was blinded by that light. Uh, he was baptized after that. And then the next verse after his baptism, uh, where it says, the last part of verse number 19, it says, Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached. So the first place he preached at was in Damascus. I've heard preachers say, and I'm not saying preachers are wrong, uh, and please don't ever take it the wrong way. I mean, I believe if if you're preaching the Word of God, the true Word of God, I believe, the King James Bible uh, I believe that if you study it right, you're going to preach it right. But I've heard preachers say that his first message was in Jerusalem. And uh, we read later on in, in chapter 9 where Paul visits Jerusalem with Barnabas. But right here, right here, I think his first message was preached in Damascus. And so we see the results of grace beginning uh, right here where Paul first starts to preach. And then his ministry just kind of takes off from there. So, uh Joel, you did a study with this uh, uh, this week as well, too. So I want I want to want you to share your your findings in, of the results of grace, and then we're going to apply this to to everybody who gets saved. Amen. Okay. Yes, sir. So the result of grace. Uh, when I studied the the life of Paul, and when when we started these episodes on the reaction of grace and and uh, so forth to today, <clears throat> I I got to First Corinthians chapter uh, fifteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, 
And then I started reading verse number uh, 9, where it starts talking about, uh, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not me to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And when I read this very next verse, it, it, it made very sense to the result of grace. In verse number 10, it says, But by grace of God, I am what I am. And I asked myself, before we continue reading the verse, I asked myself, what, well, who was Paul? We see that he was uh, who he used to be. Right. But as a converted Christian, who was Paul? So then in Acts, uh, a couple of weeks, well, for a couple of weeks, we've been showing his life and his conversion. But the first thing that we see on who Paul was, he was a follower. In Acts chapter, uh, what chapter were we in? That uh, was chapter nine. Chapter, chapter nine. Acts chapter nine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it showed in verse number uh, in verse number four, pretty much, where he starts uh, following Christ. Well, this is the calling of Christ in verse number four. It says, and he fell. To the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Mm -hmm. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will the, uh, what will thou have me to do? Yes. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told uh, thee what thou must do so we see that God that Paul I'm sorry uh, the first thing that he did the the first result of grace is that he became a follower of Christ so that's that's uh, the first result he became a servant you know and and applying that to a lot of us preachers nowadays that's who we are uh, we see in verse number nine in first Corinthians chapter 15 verse number nine it says for I am the least of the apostles that am not me to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Uh, we have to remember, <clears throat> we have to remember where we came from, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Paul remembered uh, in in this verse. He Amen. says, yes. "I persecuted the church of God. I am not worthy to be an apostle." But we see right after that he said, "But by grace of God, I am what I am." So first we see he was a follower. A servant, and that's exactly who we are. We're followers of God, and we are servants. We're no more than anybody else. We're all the same person. God found us in, in sin, and and He saved us the same way He saved Paul. So there's no higher one than another. You know, and we have to remember that. And if I could just inter interject in that right there, you know, we're every one of us is a follower and a servant to something. Yes, sir. And and Paul, before he got saved, he was a follower and a servant to the ways and the traditions of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, you know, that's why he was doing what he was doing. So before he got saved, he was on the wrong path. Yeah. You know, he's still following and serving the wrong way. But then he got saved. Now he's serving and following the king. And that happens to every one of us who accept Christ our Savior. Yes, sir. So you know, before you get saved, you're following and serving something, someone, somewhere. Yeah. But when Christ comes in your life... It, it is clear in whom you're following and whom you're serving. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. And, and that's the that's the first thing that I noticed in the, the result of grace in Paul's life was he became a follower, a servant of God. 
Uh, he never argued with the call. He never questioned the call. He mm -hmm. said, "What Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and if we keep reading in that, that same chapter, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it, but we see that he does exactly what God told him to do. But not only was he a follower or a servant of Christ, but we see in verse number 20, you read it once, and we're going to read it again. In verse number 20, the same chapter, Acts uh, chapter 9, verse number 20, mm -hmm. and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. So we see that not only was he a follower, but he was a preacher of the gospel. Yes, amen. So the reaction of grace in Paul's life, it allowed him to become a follower of, of Christ, a servant, but he was also a preacher. He was he was someone that preached the gospel, the word of God. And you know, uh, when we get saved as a as any person, I know a lot of people say, "Well, uh, not everybody's called to preach." Uh, <laughs> God true. said that that we are <laughs> all, all to preachers. preach. Mm -hmm. we, we're all all to preach uh, the gospel. It's sharing the gospel of Christ. It's not necessarily getting a sermon ready and stand behind a pulpit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amen. Uh, preaching Amen. the gospel is sharing the, the the gospel so others could be saved. And I do believe that we're all called to do that. We're not called to hide the salvation. That's not what God gave us salvation Amen. for. Amen. Right. Uh, he gave it to us so we can share it with others so they can have the same thing that, that, that we all received, which was grace. Uh, they can have the opportunity to be saved. And, and that's exactly what Paul did. It says, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. So uh, we see how he was a preacher of the gospel. And that was a great, uh, a great result of grace. You know who he used to be. He was teaching the laws of, of that he shared that he thought were correct, and and he was persecuting Christians who believed this way. And right after the calling of God, right after he starts following Christ, he becomes a preacher of the same gospel that he was persecuting. I mean, just to imagine that, to think about that. And, and that's how we are, you know, right after God opens our eyes to what sin is and, and, and the reality of sin, we start preaching the same thing on, mm -hmm. on what sin is and, and who saves. He started preaching that son that God was the son of God. So, I mean, he started preaching the correct things right away. So we see not only was he a follower, a servant, uh, he was a preacher of the gospel. And and the third thing, I mean, there's many things that we can see in the life of Paul, but the, the, the third thing that I would like to imply that I would like to to really focus on is how he was a missionary, a church planner. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, is, 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 uh, it's amazing how God allows and he works through people uh, like Paul. Yeah, It's amazing how, how, how far his grace goes, how powerful his grace is. In the life of any person, of, of any individual, and and his grace create the, the grace in our life creates a. And I like the uh, the Bible I have is a, a Schofield Bible, so some of the sections are kind of titled. And what you're getting ready to read right here is titled "The Method and Reward of True Ministry," and that can only come by the grace of God. Of course, and which we're going to read here right now. Yes, sir. In verse, uh, it begins in verse number nineteen, chapter nine, verse number nineteen. It says. For though I be free from all men, <laughs> yes. yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them 
that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might, uh, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. So we see the life of a missionary. Uh, when a missionary goes to a different country, I believe that we all have the mentality that they're going to uh, raise a church and that they're going to have the same worship style that we have, that they're going to wear the <laughs> same things that we wear, that they're going to uh, sing the same songs that we yeah, sing. Yeah, we find that's not the case. And, you know, when we really look at their life, they become where they live. They become a citizen of where they have to go and live. Right. Right. So if we go to, for for just an instance, if we go to, to uh, uh, let's say, Africa or, or China or a place where they have their, their dress code, you know, and they have their, their uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They have the way that they, they live, their lifestyle. We're not going to go find the missionary in a suit and tie and, and, and preaching the same way we <laughs> preach and, and having a nice fancy church the way we have. And having the same hymns that we have, we're gonna find a missionary that has to become one of them, right? So they can become to know Christ, and that's the only way they can do it. I mean, they have to kind of transform themselves, not forgetting about God or not not substituting. Absolutely not. Yeah. But this is the prime example of what a missionary does. It, it's closing that cultural gap between you know from one one ethnicity, if I said that word right, <laughs> to another. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we took a missions trip to Africa just to, to give a quick story, and it was a completely different field over there. I mean, when we went to churches to go preach, I mean, I'm, I'm a shirt and tie type of guy, now I'm a shirt and tie and vest type of guy. But there's no way I could wear that over there. First off, it's hot as all get out, and, you know, you take a big guy and you put him in Africa and you put a shirt and tie on him, he ain't going to stay on very long, <laughs> amen. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they didn't have all the buildings. They didn't have all, like you said, the hymn books, things like that. I mean, you know, th these people who worshiped God over there worshiped entirely differently than what we do. And uh, as Paul was saying, it's not that he was becoming these people, but he was interacting in that culture that he may understand them, that he may win them. Of course. Of course, and and with this being said, and and, and looking at the perspective of Paul and, and how he became them, in order for the gospel's sake, this uh, this totally does not mean that a Christian should go and be the part of the world to try to to win <laughs> right. the world. Exactly, uh, that exactly. is not what this means. You're not supposed to go out clubbing to try to win the people who are in the club <laughs> or nothing like that. What this means is that. You have to, we're talking about different, uh, different. what did you just call it right now? Different uh, cultures. Different cultures. Yes. Uh, we're talking about different countries, uh, the way that people do things differently. Uh, that's what Paul was saying here. He had to become like them, but he was not them. He was not part of them, and he made it very clear. He said, I'll become like them, but I'm not a part of them just for the sake of the gospel. So, I mean, for, for our case, you know, for, for what we have here in in. In the United States of America, we have the freedom to share the gospel. And, and that's how we can Amen. be a voice for God here in the, the, the country of, of the free. Mm -hmm. We have the gospel to share. We could go door knocking. There's multiple ways that we have the liberty to do so. But sadly, in different countries, they don't have that same liberty that we have. But what, what we're looking at today is not the life of a missionary. We're looking at the life of Paul and the, the result of grace yes. in the life of him. We see how he was, uh, first of all, a follower. He became a follower of Christ, a servant. 
And then we see how he was a preacher of the gospel. And we see the mission work that he did. We see how he planted churches. We see how he he was actually even an evangelist. He went to churches and started preaching in churches, uh, exhorting them, uh, encouraging them. Uh, he was honestly, uh, I guess you could say, a mentor of other pastors. So he was actually just used in a great way in, in different areas. But that was all caused because of the, the reaction of grace, the, the, the result of grace that played in his life, the ability that God gave him to do all these things, even though who he was, God still, in his merciful grace, he allowed him to do all these things because we see how, how uh, faithful he remained throughout his whole journey. Amen. And, and, I mean, God could do the same thing in your life, and, and he could work the same way in your life. Like I said, Paul was no one special. He was an ordinary man, just like you and I are. And the only difference is that I, I believe that he, he is more faithful than we can be. Um, we can be faithful. I'm not saying that we can't get to that point, but we, we just have to have the same uh, humility that, that Paul had. He was humble. And said, uh, Lord, what must I do? And he followed the instructions that God had for him. I think a lot of times in, in our life, uh, that's what we struggle with. We struggle with yeah. having or surrendering fully to God's instructions. We try to do what God wants us to do, but we try to do it our way and not the way that he instructs us to do it. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we could have the same result and, and, and we receive the same grace that he received. It's only that he had this result because he was humble since the beginning and he was faithful since the beginning. Amen. And, and if we could all live that kind of lifestyle, I mean, <laughs> that'd uh, be a blessing. It would right be a there. blessing. Yeah. It really would. Hmm. And um, do you have anything? Well, I mean, for us, just, just, just again, the, the, the results of grace we see in Paul's life, you know, we can see it in our lives as well. And, and, you, and you hit the nail on the head there, brother, by saying, you know, being humble, being faithful, being a follower. You know, being a servant to the things of God, not the things of the world. The problem we have as Christians, and I'm not saying as lost people, but as Christians, the problem we have is that we tend to want to hang on to the things in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's no fault really of our own. It's, it's because we still contend with this flesh. You know, we were born in the sin. We were sinners at birth. And that's all we knew to the point until we got saved. Paul was the same way. And like you said, the only difference is that Paul already had a character of humbleness in his in his heart. Yeah. He already had a character of servitude in his heart. And he already had a character of being a follower in his heart because of what he was already doing. And so if you can imagine if God can take a man like like Paul uh with the, the the zeal he had when he was a lost man and imagine somebody who uh is is lost today and, and is trying to serve God even though they don't know Christ their Savior. Can you imagine the things God could do with that person when they get saved? Hmm. It's not really anything special about the man. No. It's special about the the, the God who saves the man. Of course. And uh, so if anything we can take from it today is that, you know, with the results of grace, we need to stay humble to God and understand that he's in control of everything. There's nothing outside of of his will that he can he won't enable us to do if we would just be a follower, if we would be a servant, if we'll be a preacher of the gospel, uh share it out with everywhere we go and just let him make us in everything we need to be in order to win some, you know. And uh folks, I hope that's a help to you today. I hope uh, that you've seen that so far that with salvation, as we look at the origin truths, 
that grace being one of probably the greatest aspect of salvation, uh, th- there's a role that it plays in our life. There's reactions in which we play in that life, but there's also results we see uh, in our life that God brings our way. Nothing of our own power. Uh, it is a gift that God gives us. But when we express, or when we open that gift, and we start sharing that gift, God can do great and amazing things in our life. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. And if you don't mind, brother, so I would like you to read that verse one more time in, in, in closing the, the the discussion, I guess, about grace in chapter 15. <clears throat> oh, yes. Uh, uh, Corinthians 15, there in verse number 9 and 10. Yes, sir. And and it, I preached on this a while back. This, one, this, this, is, this is a favorite piece of scripture of mine as well. And, it, and again, Paul writes here, the Word of God tells us that I'm, for I'm the least of the apostles, that that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. In other words, there's nothing special about the man, but there's something great about the God. And then he says in verse number 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And I'm going to mention one thing here. We're going to really close, Brother Joel. In that verse alone, grace is mentioned three times. Yes, sir. One for each, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so I'm thankful for the grace of God. And if you're saved and listening to this podcast, and you've been questioning about what it is that you ought to be doing for God, why don't you just let grace infiltrate your life why don't you just become humble unto god study his word be a follower of jesus christ let god take care of the rest amen and uh i I promise you when we follow the lord he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee and he'll be there every step of the way so once again uh we appreciate you tuning in joel thank you for sharing that with us today and uh appreciate everyone joining us in this study of grace um, next week we're going to be going into another aspect of salvation uh, we're praying the lord direct us probably to mercy uh, but uh, we'll see what god has for us in store with that and everything so Amen. Uh, Amen. so again brother joel thank you appreciate thank you, uh, the word and uh, as always i appreciate your friendship and the ministry we have together now here on thy word is true ministry we're bringing god's truth to an untruthful world amen all right so till next time everybody make sure you stay strong stay healthy and most importantly stay faithful to god to save a world that's lost up on calvary he cried i know the truth he rose again this man he was all god and our god